Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina. If you follow my ministry, you know I am passionate about reviving and uniting the body of Christ in order to fulfill the Great Commission with extravagant love for one another and for a hurting world. I invite you today to join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and best of all, your testimonies of God's goodness in your lives. Thank you for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I'm so excited to share with you guys again today. I love that the Lord brings these amazing uh, opportunities through technology, and that's something really new for me, so I think it's pretty cool. So I was worshiping, and I, and I felt like the Lord had put this on my heart to share, you know, um, Christ is enough. Jesus is enough. And, you know, I hear so many believers talk about these different revelations and sermons that really don't have anything to do with Jesus. And truth be told, they're really more focused on us. And it makes me so sad to hear all of these peripheral issues being preached um, when we could just be preaching Jesus. And uh, I believe Jesus is enough for us to feast on alone. His character, his work, the truth of what he's done for us to set us free. Uh, He's enough. You know, Jesus himself declares to uh, some of the the Jews in his time that he was speaking to and some of the Pharisees, he says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But somehow the person of Jesus and his work has become kind of a lower revelation in the eyes of some in the body of Christ. And I feel like that is so unbelievably sad. You know, when we get to heaven we're going to find that everything is about Jesus. Everything centers around him. You know, the, the, I mean, even the entire earth and creation centers around Jesus. The Bible says that nothing was created except through him. And we all live, move, and have our being in him. So the knowledge of Jesus, the character of Jesus, the finished work is not a lower revelation. It's all that there is. And I'm so thankful that God is wise and he's made the gospel simple to understand. He centered it around his beloved son. You know, the entire Bible, some people read the Bible to see more of themselves. Some people read the Bible to see more of Jesus. And that's really what it was put there for. From Genesis to Revelation, every single book of the Bible is chock full of information about Jesus, you know, in types and shadows, in dreams, in prophecies to come. You know, uh, the Lord himself says all of these things were set in place, the law and the prophets, to point to one person, and that is the person of Jesus. You know, Israel really missed the entire point of the law. The entire point of it was to point to their, their faults, failures, and misgivings to show them that they were in need of a Savior. 
That's the entire point of the law being given because the children of Israel told Moses, you know, Moses came down the mountain after meeting with the Lord and they, you know, were saying, you know, whatever the Lord says, we will do it without even hearing what the Lord had commanded. And really in that moment, they were proving that they were in need of revelation of how terrible they were, basically, you know. And so the point of the law is is to show up our faults, failures, and misgivings so that we will look to Jesus. If you read the law and you come away with it without a desperate need to look to Jesus, then you've read it the wrong way. You truly haven't seen it in its entirety because the Bible very clearly says no man will be justified by his law keeping. The only justification, the only hope that we have of justification is through Christ alone and the work of Christ. You know, that's why Jesus says to the Jews, he says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. At that time, Um, Israel had already been living under the law. They knew the law. So it wasn't the law that they needed to understand. They needed to know the truth of Jesus. They needed to know the truth standing right in front of them. And unfortunately, because their eyes were so focused and so veiled on themselves, they missed the entire point of it's not about them. It's about him. So the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation is not about you. It's about Jesus. It's about revealing the Christ so that Israel could recognize him in the time of his visitation. And they failed to do it. But thank God that they did because he has now become the bread of life to the Gentile world for now more than 2,000 years. He's become our beloved. And one day he's going to come back for Israel. I'm so thankful that he is forgiveness and he is love. And, you know, I find myself just really in my prayer time. A lot of what I do is just thanking the Lord for who he is. He could have come as judgment. He had every right to, but he didn't. He came as love. He came as love to fulfill the justice and the righteousness of God. And the only way he could fulfill the righteousness was by becoming the propitiation for our sin and fulfilling the justice of God. You see, because of our sin, the Lord had to exact justice. That's how our consciences are built. Our conscience cries out for justice. But that's where our beloved Jesus comes in. And he says, no, I've paid for you. You don't have to punish yourself for that sin because I've paid for you. It's inherent in our being that we cry out for justice. Here we have Jesus saying, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And then just a couple lines later, he says, if the sun sets you free, then you are free indeed. You know, I may be simple and I'm okay with that. But I am with the Apostle Paul when I say, I aim to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. The character and the work of Jesus is enough to save, heal, deliver, protect, and prosper absolutely every single one of us every day of our lives. I just, I believe he's worthy of that. 
I believe Jesus and his work and what he's done for us is worthy of being the central focus of our lives. And and Paul goes on to say, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence of human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony of God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you with weakness and with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with the wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And you know, and that's what we're missing today in the body of Christ. And I really feel like one of the biggest reasons that we're missing that is because we're not preaching Jesus. You know, we're preaching 10 sermons about how to prosper yourself, 10 reasons why you can have favor, 10 this, 10 that, 5 whatever. I just want to give people Jesus. You know, I think he's enough. He's the manna from heaven. He's he's the bread that we eat every single day. And I don't know about you, but I get hungry every day. So when I read the Bible, I need to read the Bible and I need to read Jesus. And I just encourage you, whatever you listen to, I pray that they give you Jesus. If they don't give you Jesus, don't listen. I got to eat. I, I don't have time to eat stuff that's about me. I don't need to see any more of me. I've seen enough of me to last the rest of my life. I mean, gosh, I need to see Jesus. You know, I want to feast on his character, on his work, and on his truth. That's what makes us free. It's not the knowledge of the law, the knowledge of good and evil that makes us free. It's the knowledge of Jesus. And when we expound upon Jesus, we experience the power of God. And I love the Greek word, here in the New Testament, it's the Greek word soteria. And I'm so thankful that, you know, the Hebrew and the Greek, it's so much richer than our English language because it conveys things that we can't possibly convey in English. When Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto soteria for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. Here, the Greek word soteria is salvation, healing, deliverance, all of it. And unfortunately, when translators translated the Bible into English, they just weren't capable of translating all of that. Now, in some Um, I like the Amplified Version, and I also like the Passion Translation, because those versions tend to take into account more of the Greek and Hebrew expression, which I love. But I love reading all different versions. These are both out of, I believe, the NIV and the New King James. So by simply living in this world, we are predisposed to becoming introspective and prideful and in need of a constant reminder to look to Jesus as our righteousness. And any revelation that does not lead you to Christ is dangerous in my opinion. Any revelation that points you to yourself is pointing you away from the gospel. Our only hope in this world is to fix our eyes on the one who gave it all 
and continuously supplies everything we need based on our identity in him and what he has accomplished for us. This is how we are conformed into his image, by beholding him, not by beholding ourselves or the knowledge of good and evil. Our part is simply to worship Jesus through gazing upon all that he is and all that he's done. And I believe that's beautiful. I don't want to do anything else. I'd rather just worship Jesus my entire life. Let everything I do be a worship. My meditation, my fixation upon his beauty is a worship. My adoration and my awe, my commitment, my chips are all in. Despite my fears, despite my shortcomings, it's, it's an act of worship with our very lives to focus on him, to hear of him, to feast on him. Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians, Now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved on letters of stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily into the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory as it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, we have such a hope We are very bold. We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, When Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Wow, what beauty, what majesty we've been invited into in the new covenant. Oh, he's worthy. He's worthy. What he's done enough is worthy of not being mixed with the old. The law is the ministry that brings death. Therefore, I would not recommend meditating on it. Instead, our position is to meditate on the one who brings life. We meditate on the one who has fulfilled the law on our behalf and has now made us dead to the law and alive to God. The only way we live to God is by dying to the law. That is the absolute, unbiased, unfettered truth. You cannot live for God while still being married to the law. In fact, the Bible calls that spiritual adultery. 
Paul goes on to say in Galatians, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, though the law died to the law, I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Wow. I don't know about you, but I don't want Christ to have died in vain for me. I can't afford that. I absolutely can't, and neither can you if you're honest. We are all in desperate need of Christ being the propitiation for our sin. There's no other name by which men are saved. I need a daily reminder to look to my beloved and receive his grace, to depend on his strength and receive all that he has for me, and so do you. And this is why it's important to bring Jesus only out of the scriptures. There's no other name, guys. He's worthy. He's so worthy of all of our worship. He's worthy of all of our teaching. He's worthy of all of our preaching. He's worthy. I pray that everything we do would be to reveal more of Jesus alone. He's worthy of it all. He's so worthy of it all. So right now, guys, right where you're at, I just want to pray for you. God, I just pray that you just bless them, encourage them with a revelation, God, that you are enough. God, teach them to rightly divide the word of God. Teach them to rightly divide the covenants, that they may see you, that they may read the Bible, and they may see Jesus. God, and I pray that you would bring them teachers and preachers that would feed them and not beat them, God. That you would lift them up, God. That you would show them, God, your face, God, shining upon them, your beautiful face, God. That they would know you, God. That they would hope, they would seek to know Jesus Christ and him crucified only. That you are enough, God. You are enough, God. Grace is enough, God. The new covenant is enough, God, to supply every single need that they have, God, from health to their finances, God, to salvation of their children, God, and family members, 
to deliverance from every evil plan of the enemy, God. What you've done is enough. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you liked today's episode, be sure to rate it on iTunes. It helps us get the show out there more. Also to share it with your friends if you enjoyed it. You know, I believe Jesus is worthy. So let's share, share, share. Christ is enough. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. If you liked today's episode, be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends. If you want more information on our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. We've got information on there about our events, blog posts, the extravagant love store, and more. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Christina Pereira Ministries. Until then, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless you.